0: Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.
1: And thanks so much for joining us on Homestyle. We must say a huge thank you to Red Energy because, of course, they have been supporting this podcast for the last few months. Red Energy are born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. And it's hello to Shana Blaze, interior designer, author, TV presenter, and, of course, back on the block. I hope you have been watching. An inspiration to me as someone living in Melbourne lockdown who is now decluttering and creating little vignettes, Shane. I feel like I've learnt a lot doing this podcast with you. (laughs) Welcome. We're we're remote today, but uh, still in in Melbourne lockdown, but so good to be speaking with you.
0: Oh, it's so good to be chatting. And I think the the funny thing is, you know, you've learnt so much. You might have had a hand in some of the subjects,
1: Jane, so, you know. (laughs) Just so amazing, though. Like, uh, we must say, we're feeling for everyone who has really been hit hard by the pandemic, and it's not just here in Melbourne and, you know, the effects are widespread. But it really has been a bit of a blessing, I think, for a lot of people to just have to focus on their home. I've been on holidays and really, when you can't go outside of those four walls or that 5K zone, it is really important to be comfortable in the home you're in. So thank you for your ongoing inspiration.
0: (laughs) Well, I I think it's something I've always said to people and I think it's finally now they realise that, you know, your home is your oasis. It's where you live, you breathe, you communicate. It's where the real you is.
1: A little update on you, Shana. How have you been coping? I mean, still things pretty tightly held in Melbourne, but are you okay? Have you been working through everything?
0: Yeah, look, I've got to say that um, I've had a sense probably in the last week, a sense of hope and not meaning that in you know, a dull way. It's that, you know, we've had so many deadlines pulled away from us. You get to the finish line and then it gets further and further. But I just feel the way we are now that we're coming out very slowly and then I look at what's happening in Europe and UK with their second wave and, you know what, as hard as this lockdown has been... It's going to get us a great Christmas, and that's all we've got to look to. So I, I think
1: the sense of hope is, is making me feel good. And of course, uh, regional Victorians and people around the country are able to travel. So this episode, we are going to be discussing design for guest accommodation, whether it's an Airbnb, regular old b or maybe even a short-term rental property. And we'll be getting your advice, Shana, on how to make even the most modest of rooms appealing for potential guests, and how to maybe add some touches without going completely nuts on your budget. But first, we must start just checking on the block, of course, on Channel 9 at the moment. Things getting a little heated. We saw the master and the ensuite suite room reveals on the weekend. And I've got to say, Shana, that you calling out a particular contestant and discussing the whole issue of who owns a design and how far can you go before you're paying tribute to someone else's design or actually copying it. So let's run through how you had to deal with this situation look it's it's quite funny um
0: we have had a couple of instances where that's happened before on the block it i reckon even the second series there was one that until it goes to air you don't know and social media back then wasn't as prevalent as what it is now and i remember walking in luke and jason's bedroom and can i just say falling in love head over heels amazing and I remember looking at the bunk going wow that looks really familiar and I'd seen something of Kyle and Kara's and I thought okay well it's similar but it's a different color and it's just the bed that's fine but there was just something going through my mind constantly and then the next day I was looking at a few things and I just went hang on a minute this is exactly the same room. And so it was one of those cases where I had to call it out and I had to have a visit. And I knew it was not going to be a comfortable one because, um, one, people don't like to be told that they've done something wrong and people love to go into the defense straight away. Uh, but, but in this world of pinterest and social media it is a case of people are doing a renovation and go oh i've got my pinterest page and they copy exactly what's on there and the truth is as a designer and somebody who creates things from scratch that is stealing if you copy it v- verbatim and you know designing a, a bedroom like that what um Jasmine had done, would have taken months to source, would have taken months to put it all together, get it right, not make a few mistakes, put the things together. But it takes time. And that's why people look at Pinterest to say, I don't want to make mistakes. so I'm going to copy somebody else's. And when you do that in your own home, that can be you know, just your happy place and you've just copied in and you're happy with somebody else's. But when you put it in the public and when you are having it as a competition to win money,
1: that is stealing as design. So did you have to go to producers and say, oh, I'm not comfortable with this, if we let this go potentially the people whose you know designs are being repurposed are going to be maybe even legally able to say what are you guys doing like was it sort of sensitive well, not
0: with the producers no because we have come up with it before and um Dar- it's something Darren and I Neil and I are very vocal about and we feel we feel a bit cheated when it goes to air And then we find out that something has been copied verbatim and and we feel quite foolish, but we can't be over everything. But the speed of social media made it very easy for me this time. And the thing is also, you've got to think the contestants had six weeks sitting at home on their phone just flicking. So they would have had more time to, to do that. And I know it didn't go down well, but eventually... It gets understood, but I think it's just a warning for everybody out there as well is that you know there is homage and there is inspiration but there is
1: downright copying so if someone actually loved a design or a designer you can sort of pay tribute and say look this was inspired by a particular look or even perhaps a shoot in you know your favorite magazine or something but I guess as long as you credit that and really are very honest and say look this is a complete lift off of you know Shana's wonderful Harris Garfa catalog shoot (laughs) They say that old-fashioned thing of, like, the
0: greatest form of flattery is somebody copying you or something like that. I can't remember the quote. Sometimes you go, mm, no, please don't, please don't. But legally, you have to change something 30%. You know, anything that's an artistic presence or a design um, has to be changed 30%. Unfortunately, we have some really horrible um laws in Australia where we are the biggest country of copying designs and as long as it says um, replica that's all they need to do they just have to write the word replica and it's it's quite appalling actually especially for the design industry that you know a design you know I know designing products from scratch it can take years and somebody can take years and all of a sudden you see it in another shop two, um, two months later and they haven't had to pay for the copyright, the the patent. It's, yeah.
1: Not to mention, though, I follow a few upholstery and uh, vintage renovation, you know, people who redo vintage furniture. And they were posting images of the actual, those replica, replica um, items. They'd actually taken them apart or someone had bought something in and gone, oh, the leg's broken off. And they've gone, you do realise this is a complete fake. And they've taken it apart. And sometimes the wood isn't even in proper sections. It's all just banged together. It looks fine on the outside and will last. Yeah, very, we've spoken about that before. But when you actually see it uncovered next to a proper chair and just go, oh, my goodness. Yeah,
0: it's people people are just buying that for the look and the feel they're not realizing um that it's got to last and it's got to be something else and it's it's a lot of hard work has gone into the design but not even just designing it the 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 structure of it as you said you pull you pull apart a replica wobbly legs straight away
1: no one wants wobbly legs. Now, as we are going to be talking a little of a, about accommodation this week, uh, Shana, I did find it interesting on the block reveals on Sunday night, things like a tap mixer too far away from the shower head for you to actually be able to take the temperature of the shower so you can comfortably walk in without either burning yourself or giving yourself a very cold shock. It really stood mm. out to me, even as we're thinking, how do you make a... A, a room beautiful and functional for a guest, that's just crazy, isn't it, that they didn't realise? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, I, I think, you know, when you have these very large, expansive showers, you think, oh, I've got, you know, I, I've got to put it, I open the door and I put my hand in, I turn it on and then, but you can't reach the shower to feel it. So running back and forth, I exaggerate just a little bit, but I explained it. But this, the thing is also happens is when you have the taps under the shower and you know a lot of them you know we just do but you've got to have enough room so you can stand back to to fill the water and not get saturated as you're testing it it is a bit of a rookie mistake and they won't make the mistake again but it's a very very common one i go into hotels a lot and see those really simple mistakes and it just comes from people just copy and pasting certain designs and not not actually living that functionality to know that it's wrong.
1: Yeah, never having actually stood in that shower at 6am in the morning and, and not exactly. wanted a cold blast in the face. Well, do you know, if you're, if you're not a morning person want to do your exercise, maybe that's
0: a way you can get it in. I don't know. But it's not the best.
1: We also on the blog saw bright fluoro peach paint in one bathroom. At which point, Shana, you said this is the Donald Trump of bathrooms. If you haven't seen the episode, just picture (laughs) a normal looking bathroom. But this really sort of strange peachy fluoro-ish paint that threw ridiculous light on your face. I I think the thing is that when they were selecting the color, because I did
0: see the episode where they were selecting it and it was a, you know, it was called fuzzy peach and it was a very light apricot, but it had a fluorescent tinge to it. And when you do all four walls in a color, they all bounce off each other and it had massive saturation. Darren and Neil loved it and I was appalled they loved it. I just could not get it. I am a big one about colour. I'm a big one about, you know, creating bold statements in bathrooms. But this was beyond polarising and it, it did give a glow. And if ever you, you wanted to have something never in your life in 2020, it is the colour of Donald Trump. That is something I never ever want to see again. If they took, did it as a very burnt orange or, or a, almost a terracotta burnt orange, it would have been a very
1: striking. But this was offensive. And if you'd done your makeup in the bathroom, you would have probably looked like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, not a good thing. Otherwise, the bathroom
1: was stunning. It was stunning, but whoa. Now, you're listening to Homestyle with Shayna Blaze, thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy. Great time to be having a chat to Red Energy and sorting out all those bills and those accounts, spending locally. So give their Melbourne-based team a call. Now, Shayna, have you ever designed for, I don't know, there's so many terms. Let's call it short stay or short-term rental or Airbnb. Look, that's a company name. But have you ever designed for short stay accommodation
0: yeah I have actually I've done a lot of commercial properties and even flipping people's houses from their home into possible you know rental short short term accommodation and you know there's certain things that you need to look at there's certain parts that you've got that fine line between hotel home and it's not yours But a lot of people, when they do as, you know, Airbnb, it's actually their home. So they have to make the adjustments for when they live there for when somebody else is going to rent it. So there's quite a few different things that you can do in that that instance.
1: So we will acknowledge that there are, yes, so many different ways that you can actually do this. Like you say, you know, the traditional old sort of B&B might have been that you're actually living on the premises, you have an extra space or room and you provide breakfast and all of that. And on the other end, yes, the whole home may be taken over as a full uh, rental. Do you think there's going to be an explosion in Australian travel and the desire for people to get out and discover this country, Shana, while our international borders are closed, if not severely restricted, everyone predicting a bit of a boom. What are your thoughts?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I've I've got to say, it started in January with the bushfires when, you know, we had all those... Beautiful seaside towns and country towns just decimated by the bushfires and every friend was like, I can't wait till this is over so we can grab an esky, fill our boot with local produce and and be part of these towns. So I feel very sad for those towns. They haven't been able to have the impact because Easter and school holidays were going to be lots of, you know, locals travelling. So I think we still have to pick up from there and then we've got the COVID And, you know, I was meant to be in France and Italy in June, like so many people, and, you know, have my yearly trip. I have no desire in the next 18 months to go overseas. And so I'm already planning weekends with friends, planning a week here, a week there. So a massive boom in um, our local tourism. And I think everything that we've seen around the world, uh, we've learnt that we've had to stick together. And we've had a very tough year. Year, not just with COVID in Australia um, with the bushfires before it's been a very very tough 2020 all-round so I think you know that team spirit and um, looking after each other I think is the most important
1: thing right now. And just enjoying this stunning country, what I've learned is even in your own backyard, you just are so busy and always doing something that you don't necessarily appreciate those little hidden gems. So, Shana, I'm assuming you've done a whole lot more travel than me. But what do you (laughs) look for when you walk into a room? You've booked for a few nights. What are you sort of thinking of first? Or are you just sort of standing in a room going, "Ah, how do I feel? I'm finding that a lot of the time you've seen stuff on Instagram. And so you might even know a room before you even get to go there. Well, you know what?
0: Be careful of that one too, because there's high expectations. If the room you walk into doesn't look like the picture, that is a very big thing. So, you know, we always talk in real estate, you know, first impressions. And if your first impression when you walk in isn't what your expectations are, You're sort of starting to look for faults straight away. So that's a very important thing to do when you're doing short-term stay, is the
1: expectation. That's really interesting because I see a lot of stuff on Instagram where it is obvious that a very professional photo shoot has been done and perhaps a stylist. I think some of the places I follow are actually stylists and interior designers who also have their own accommodation. But you're Mm. right. Would you maybe suggest even then keep the photos semi-realistic, like maybe don't put as many filters and lights and – yeah.
0: Yeah, there's actually, it's funny, a girlfriend and I were talking about that last night, that she's, she's got the most divine house and she was sitting there looking and she was just flicking going... Because she goes, oh, my house is better. My house is nicer. So what I would suggest is do keep it real, but don't keep it so real it doesn't look like a place you'd want to escape to. And, you know, we know it's somebody's house and they don't want to put all their personal effects at. um, But when people are going and paying for a stay, they want a sense of comfort. And it doesn't have to be high-end, doesn't have to be expensive, a sense of comfort. So sense of comfort that's actually going to make you feel like you're on a holiday.
1: Cleanliness? Oh.
0: Sticky feet is not something I want because everyone looks for that functional flooring, but if you take your shoes off and you've got sticky feet, not happy. Bits of dust in the corner you look for as as soon as you start seeing a little bit of dirt and corner it you naturally start looking for dirt and dust everywhere so you've got to make sure that you know there's i've been to lots of stays where you have to do your vacuuming and your sweeping and or else you get charged for costs on top of that and and i totally get that because some people just trash the place um but then you can't rely on those people to do it and you need to come in and do a proper clean so you've got to make sure that you've got good cleaning companies that are involved, unless you're there close by to be able to do it yourself. Because um, I know myself, I don't want to see anybody else's mess when I walk into a place I'm paying for.
1: And do you think people need to be realistic about how hard it is to clean? Because I had that little fantasy of, oh, my little house in Ballarat and I'll Airbnb it. And then I realized how long it took to change a doona cover, let alone, <laughs> alone actually clean properly. It, it would take me an hour or two just to do okay. the beds. Yeah, and, and
0: that's the thing you've got to weigh up. If you're looking at this as an income, uh, I think that's really important to weigh up. The, you know, if you're in an area that's a holiday area like, you know, Ballarat, a lot of people go and visit, but you go to somewhere like, you know, in Victoria, you've got Dalesford. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, rent places out and there's teams of cleaners that go from house to house to house. So. You might want to weigh up physically doing it yourself, getting a quote and getting somebody else to do it, compare the time, compare the price, and see what the best benefit is for you.
1: I highly recommend that cleaners are worth every single cent. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I adore my cleaners, I think that they're, they're just as valuable as everybody else's job without a doubt.
1: So we're going to focus in on that sense of comfort that you have um, highlighted as one of the most important things for you. So let's assume we're starting with a room that doesn't need a major sort of structural renovation. If you had a room or a property that you wanted to prepare for guests, what would be your first move? Would it be taking everything out and just assessing what you've got?
0: Look, no, it wouldn't be taking everything out. I think what it would be is to take everything off all the surfaces take everything off the benches off the shelves off the coffee table and just keep it as the bare furniture and then go okay does this look like a good room a functional room and then put the bare minimum back and that's really important put the bare minimum back because otherwise you've got clutter everywhere people feel like they're moving into your home and being very uncomfortable So I think what I would do is look at that and then take photos and go, does this look inviting? Doesn't it look inviting? And then work out, okay, do I need to put a different rug in? That might be all that you need. Do I need to change my coffee table? Do I need to change just a couple of elements to make it look good for the photos, still keep the functionality and a sense of home, but it may not have that is it worth paying more than my own home feeling? So then then you actually start looking at um, that will be the basis of everything and then you work out what is your extras that you'll put on top of that.
1: And what sort of elements would you suggest people sort of focus on as a budget priority, Shana? The things that will give you the sort of most bang for the buck?
0: Look, I think fresh coat of paint to start with is as much as that's labour intensive, a fresh coat of paint makes the place feel new because it just gets those little scuffs off the wall and it has a certain zing to it, a fresh coat of paint. And that can, I would do that every year if you're renting it out every year, without a doubt. It just gives that sense of cleanliness that everybody needs. Um, And then I would really, I would look at your light fittings, about the type of globes whether you've got warm light whether you've got dull light whether you've got cool light and whether you've got those little intimate corners of lamps floor lamps um, does it function well do when you're in the bed can you use the lamp properly when you're in the lounge room can you have you know all the lamps on and it feels intimate when you're out on the the deck and the balcony can you see what's out there at night time to be able to enjoy it So I would look at those elements because they can hide a lot of sins. And I think, you know, sometimes when you're at a place, you go, you know what, it really wasn't nice during the day, but God, it was beautiful at night. And that, that can be a real bonus. So really, really think of of your lighting, how it can be a mood enhancer. Um, But also it's good for functionality. So they're two big things that are very cost effective that can make a big difference.
1: And I think with the paint element as well, it's certainly going to make it easier to clean ongoing, isn't it? If you've got a really nice fresh coat of paint, so much quicker. Yeah.
0: Just get one that's scrubbable. It can wash off and yeah, very, very important.
1: Bedding, Shana, talk to me about what you expect, regardless of the price, in a decent uh, bed in a hotel or short stay accommodation.
0: Uh, Clean sheets for a start. I'm telling you now, you'd be amazed. You'd be (laughs) amazed. Um, clean sheets a beautiful doona extra blankets I think it's not just one but two um, a choice of now this might sound ridiculous but a choice of pillows because everybody has some people like a firm pillow some people like a soft pillow and some people like Goldilocks pillows so you don't have to offer those pillows in all the beautiful linen you can just have the extras in the cupboard but that again shows a service and if people have a good night's sleep they're going to love the place a lot better you need to look at the theme you want in the bedroom that is a big thing don't just get a bright Duna because it's colorful look at how it all comes together because people want to flop into that bedroom and feel like they're being in a luxury space and again it doesn't have to cost an arm a leg on that too is the quality of the linen if you're not getting high quality you might have to replace it every 12 months because as much as it's not threadbare a lot of people are using it and you need to make sure that you're keeping it very crisp hygiene and it feels fresh every time somebody gets in the bed. And the look-wise layering, I always love a bed that's got Euro pillows, normal pillows, two or three cushions. It's got a beautiful duvet rolled over the edge. It feels romantic.
1: That's why you're awake. Of course, yes. Like you say, you want it to be different <laughs> to your house. Um, would you re- recommend, if we sort of go back to that concept, that perhaps, you know, be careful that your photos aren't just like a one-off amazing replication um, representation of the room. Would you buy multiple uh, sets of linen in the same print yeah. or fabric? Yeah, I, would. I would because there's an
0: expectation and some people might just book it yearly. So if you change it every year, absolutely. So you, you, you'd need... You'd need at least four sets because that way you've got a set there for an emergency, for a quick change. Then you can send them off to the laundry. Uh, yeah, a minimum four sets
1: per room. And so if they are similar, then at least you'll get that same vibe that's in the photos exactly. that people are checking.
0: There's nothing like having that beautiful linen and then you've got the emergency one and somebody comes in on that emergency one and they're just like, uh, no, no, I want it, no.
1: <laughs> and, of course, Shana, if people are interested in uh, a fantastic range of what we've just been talking about all the bed linen and that uh, little rumour that Harris Garf is a place to go. <laughs> well, the stores are all closed at the moment
0: in Victoria, but they're open in, um, partially open in other states. But it's all available online. Bed linen, duna sheets, quilts, uh, what have you got? You've got towels, you've got crockery for the kitchen, you've got vases wow, there is so much I can't even keep up with it myself.
1: (laughs) And you're dropping new items every now and then as well, aren't you?
0: Yeah, we we do a... a a spring summer drop and we do a winter autumn drop but then we, we stagger it we just don't drop it in you know one month it's sort of every couple of weeks but we have the staple base range and then the what we call the fashion range which are all the really different sort of colors once they're sold they're sold so when people say oh wow where do I get that from I go "Oh, it was sold out sold out so if you see the fashion ones with the patterns and everything and you love it grab it because they don't come back
1: and if you're going to make it the focus of your wonderful short-stay accommodation room, by multiple, multiple. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget. Uh, Can you talk to me about fabric bed heads? I, for some reason, don't get it. Um, Because I don't know, maybe I've just seen too many beds where on the man's side, you have the sort of greasy bit on the bed head. I mean, you know, this is probably because our family keeps antique furniture for hundreds of years more than it should. But how would you keep a bed head? Like, do they have stain proofing and... There's, there's stain
0: proofing. Then there's also, you know, we're in a big world of different bed heads now, um, different fabrics, there's different stain repellents. And then there's also fabrics that you can get that you wouldn't even know it, but they are stain free and you can actually put them on for your bed heads. The thing is also, that's why I love euros because you press up against the euro and your head is not resting the whole time on the fabric bed head the thing is also if you don't like or don't have room for the euros what I do you know how you have two normal pillows what I do is put the normal pillow horizontal and then put the other one vertical and so I put my back against that one so when I'm reading if I don't have a euro I use those two in almost like a cross and that way your head's not touching the um, fabric bed head
1: Hmm. And things like curtains, Shana, would you recommend thinking about how easy things are to clean and how dusty things might get? Or would you just go for the look that you want and worry about maintenance? Later? Go for the
0: look, especially in window treatments. It's it's important for cost because not everyone can afford the best in, in window treatments. The, the main lounge room and everywhere, unless you've got sun beating in and it's super cool in winter you don't need lots of window treatments so you can sort of really save on on your window treatments there but you've got to have good window treatments in the bedrooms I'm not one of those people but I know a lot of people love full block out so just be really careful if you're just going to have Venetians They let in a lot of light in the morning. So if you're at a seaside with early sun coming through at like, you know, five in the morning, you might want to look at some heavy drapery to go together with that. So I I think really think about where the sun comes in in the morning because some people go, I won't go there because I can't sleep.
1: Yeah. And especially if you're traveling with children, I would suggest, you know, nothing worse than being at the beach house and they all woke up at quarter past five when the light came up. And there's also
0: a privacy thing, like, you know, in your own home, you sort of know how people move and what they do. But when you're, I know I've been to quite a few houses that are quite open and I see people walking around, I feel a bit creeped out. So if there's parts of the house that, you know, other people can see in from other properties or whatever, just have some good screening there. It can be just a sheer, um, just to make the people feel safe.
1: Yeah, and privacy is everything, isn't it, when you Absolutely. want to just really relax. Yeah. And briefly, Shana, before we go, you have a beautiful dog. Do you ever travel with the dog, and can you design a short-stay accommodation property that accommodates dog? Because you hear a lot of the time people just saying, well, I can't go there because I can't take my pet. Yeah, I actually, at, earlier in the
0: year I did um, with my son, took his dog and um, I took my dog and it was dog friendly. You've just got to make sure you have all those durable surfaces of whether you have a vinyl flooring, you have a very hardwood timber or even tiles have rugs that are outdoor rugs not indoor rugs and the the notices are that you know the dogs are not to be on the couch and if they do you have a blanket on it and the thing is some people could say oh I don't have the dog but if there's dog here on the couch there's dog here on the couch and I think you've got to expect they're going to jump up and accidentally be on there. So, I would look at fabrics that um, don't have a weave in it. So, look a very, very almost like a not a velour, but there's a short, a short pile type fabric like that means that the fat, the dog hairs don't sit within it, and you you would have to get it cleaned very regularly because of the smells in the air not so much that the dogs are on there so you keep all those those materials that absorb um, smells to a minimum because dogs smell absorbs everything but yeah there's lots of dog friendly stays out there but don't expect high-end luxury you're going there because you can take your dog so be prepared for compromises of luxury because of that reason
1: yeah and I guess if you're someone designing to hopefully attract an audience of, uh, you know, people who have got pets that you're you're understanding of that and not thinking you can have both.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And and I think that's just a given. But you've just got to also make sure that you have good – if you're not allowing the dogs to sort of be inside or whatever, you've got to give them a good outdoor space that's lockable so that people can go away and leave their dog while they go out for dinner or something like that. Um, I remember – when I was doing Selling Houses when we did one, my dog was only young and so we got an Airbnb with a group of the girls and took my dog down there and it was very sparse and very minimal. We were very cold because it was tiles and no soft surfaces but I've got to say it was therapy having my dog there in a makeover that they just said, let's do this all the time. (laughs)
1: Well, I think more so, especially people are saying that after being at home in lockdown for months on end, their pets aren't going to want to stay somewhere else or be left out or at the kennel oh while you God. go on holidays. It's,
0: there's going to be a revolt of these dogs being left by themselves. I'm telling you now, there's going to be howling at the moon. There's going to be barking. We're going to have to create like little childcare centres within our areas for just for the dogs.
1: Just for the dogs. Well, thank you so much, Shana. It's really interesting to get your perspective on it. And hopefully, as you mentioned, you're meant to be over in Europe. Uh this year next yeah, year was okay. it
0: no <laughs> we'll go to year, uh, 2021, 2021 i think, I think. Yeah. well
1: hopefully we can all enjoy australia and some of the amazing amazing uh businesses and you know it is a great way of supporting people who often may be turning to short stay accommodation to add a little extra income into the family budget so some really good Absolutely. tips shana Absolutely. if people want to ask you a question how can they get in touch with you
0: well, if they go onto my Instagram page and ask a, if they can write a red energy question and please don't go into my DMs. I don't answer them because I get hundreds and it's actually quite overwhelming. So please go onto the post where you can see that we've talked about red energy and say asking a question.
1: Excellent. That's on Instagram. You can find Shana on Facebook as well. And yes, we must say thanks to Red Energy, of course, for supporting Homestyle. They're born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. Give them a call. Their Melbourne team have been doing an amazing job in the last few months, and we really appreciate, appreciate them uh, supporting the podcast. Shana, next time we are going to talk about seasons. So gear up for that and ask a question if needs be. Any last uh, advice or tips on travelling and accommodation? Look, I think we were talking about, you know, your bed linen
0: and your towels. And people want those experiences. People want to touch nice stuff. It doesn't have to be expensive. They just want to have, you know, the comforts making sure that they've got enough towels, they've got the right bed linen, got blankets, that they've got the right coffee and tea. You know, just leaving people with a a loaf of bread and a a bowl of fruit is a really simple pleasure that goes a long way.
1: Simple pleasures and a little bit of luxury always goes a long way. Shana Blaze, thank you so much. Pleasure, as always, Jane. And if you'd like to leave a review or you would like to share this podcast with a friend, we would really appreciate it. This has been Homestyle, thanks to Red Energy.
0: Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.